Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. We got Ted back on today. He's got good signals, so we'll be having an awesome show. And to give everybody a heads up, we did get to Orlando. We did get the food buckets, the meat buckets, so to speak, yesterday. And, um, those all went out. So every single order that we've basically been trying to fulfill, all got caught up yesterday en route. You should have tracking in your email right now. So thank you again for your patience. And ironically enough, we've been trying to actively avoid FedEx as much as possible now as we're finding that for some odd reason, that company is being plagued with horrific logistic issues. Yesterday, when uh, I went over there with one of my reps and we went over there and loaded up the trailer all the way in Orlando and came all the way back, it was interesting. We got to the FedEx Orlando hub and there was a parking lot beside it, you know, basically an overflow FedEx hub. And there were FedEx tractor trailers and FedEx semi-trucks as far as you could see in one, one area. I mean, the whole, the whole place was just nothing but vehicles all sitting there, stagnant. You could tell they were all operational, not running, nobody out there, nobody loading, nothing moving. And we asked the security guard when we pulled up. So I had to sign in. I said, why, why are there 50, 60 trucks out here? You guys can't even deliver this. She goes, well, I had nothing to do with that. I said, well, I know you had nothing to do with it. I said, what the heck's going on? She goes, nobody will drive. There's nobody here to drive. These trucks are sitting here. There's, there's no drivers. I said, how do you not have any drivers? She goes, well, I'm not, I can't really discuss any of that. And I said, okay, whatever. And we're finding out now that whether it comes down to either the vaccine mandate, which is obviously starting to make a huge, huge ripple, and I personally think this was the main, the main intent of this vaccine mandate that, quite frankly, ironically enough, does not even have anything in law when it comes to businesses with 100 people or more. If nobody has bothered to get the memo on that, there is nothing in the Federal Registry. There is no executive order. There is no OSHA law. There is no law, period, that states a business over 100 people has to have fully vaccinated staff. There's none. <laughs> Zero. But yet we have these companies that are going along with this, I guess, to either be good little compliance servants or maybe they're top CEOs and people that run the company are right along with the uh, banker boy's agenda. I don't know. Just speculating. But I find it interesting. And so it's funny. We picked a different carrier for the next shipment that we ordered last week because we were trying to get the ball rolling and get ahead of it since we figured it's going to take three to four weeks to get here. And we just got notified this morning. That the entire shipment we ordered like five days ago is already in Orlando with this different carrier. Surprise, surprise. What happens when actual things move and people do their job? So I just want to give everybody a heads up on that. And this is why we're starting to see now this alleged mandate be used as a weaponized tool to cripple the economy even further. Now they're stating that the Border Patrol is going to be firing up to 5,000 agents over the vaccine mandate. And I told you guys yesterday in detail how there's been close to 2 million arrests at the border of illegals already in fiscal 2021 with over 400,000, they have stated, Border Patrol agents have said, 400,000 have gotten away. 
So why are we firing Border Patrol agents? Because they're outside driving around protecting the borders and we're going to fire them because they don't get a RNA injection? Well, it's very clear. We're crippling the border. At the same time, we're turning the entire country in on itself. I went into discussion detail on how the radio was used as a mind control device and then the television, basically effective, much more effective, rolled out. And as we're seeing now, more and more people are turning into the Covidian cults. That's just what they are. And I I don't say that word loosely. When I first brought it up and people started saying it, it was kind of like a sarcastic term. But now once people start to understand what's happening, it's very, very evident this isn't this isn't a joke anymore. There are people that are literally thinking and mind-controlled that if they go and kill people that are essentially unvaccinated, they're, they're doing good work. They're protecting people. Look no further than an incident that just happened basically over in Palmdale, California, where there was a vaccine protest, a vaccine mandate protest in Palmdale, California, and apparently a individual, a Covidian cult lunatic, William Alaskan, got mad. He got in an argument with somebody that basically was talking about how they need to go in and stop mandating this. He got in his car drove up on the sidewalk and started plowing through people that were basically outside protesting the vaccine mandate. Hit one lady so hard she had to be hospitalized. Now, of course, the mainstream media, almost every mainstream media outlet ignored this. NBC put an article on it, bottom of the report, nobody saw it, back page, about one paragraph. Uh, a man's been arrested in Palmdale, California for running into a, uh anti-vax mandate protest, period. Done. That was it. Now, what's ironic enough is unlike the Charlottesville incident a few years back where you had basically a lunatic driving around running through people, it made mainstream media every single day. And they pretty much said anybody that is white or basically is involved in this or is a male that's white, you're pretty much a right-wing, hardcore, neo-Nazi extremist, even if you didn't go to the rally just because the driver was white. Because remember Charlottesville, don't you look it up. But now it's ironically enough, somebody goes out in California and runs through an anti-vax mandate protest, and it literally is crickets all across the board. But again, this is what they're trying to incentivize. This is what they're trying to instigate. Divide and conquer from within. It's funny now, all these articles are coming out and these tweets are coming out about how Fauci basically used dogs for testing with some of the research they did and i'm sitting there shaking my head now don't get me wrong i'm a dog lover i got a great dog i've had multiple dogs but are we really getting upset now about him testing on dogs when he intentionally funded (laughs) research in the wuhan lab for gain of function to figure out how to make a chimeric virus that transfers from bats to humans and makes it extremely effective and basically morph this virus together and then turned around and told everybody that you have to get an injection or else you can't function in society and continued to use the United States as a giant petri dish with a mass experiment. But we're going to talk about how they used research testing on a couple dogs. 
Guys, it's all about confusion, chaos, and distraction. Distraction is one of these clowns' favorite tools. If they can distract you from what's really happening, they can distract you from the real truth, and they can make you look at their other hand while their left hand is over here doing the magic trick. That is their most effective tool they can do, and that's why on this show we try to do the best we can to expose all the tricks, gadgets, and lies that they continue to perpetrate on the American populace so you realize what's really happening and don't get taken in by the confusion, chaos, and, of course, the illusion of what they're trying to put out there, Dan. What do you think? Well, Austin, it really is an illusion. I mean, it really is. I mean, everything that we're being told is an illusion. And, you know, we've got Governor DeSantis down here in Florida. He's basically telling us that, you know, we're not supposed to be forced to be vaccinated, but yet he signs a, you know, an order that basically gives him the right through executive privilege to force vaccines in the event that people don't want to get vaccines in, in the event that it has to be done. And, and then we see that Ron Santis basically went to Yale. So we got to ask ourselves a question. You know, there's a little group of people up there called Skull and Bones at Yale. I mean, it's uh, pretty interesting, you know, in Skull and Bones, because, you know, George Sr. and George Jr. were all bad members of Skull and Bones, and they wouldn't talk about it. But he graduated from Yale in 2001 with a B.A. magnum cum laude in history. Then he spent a year as a teacher at Darlington School, and he attended Harvard Law School. But So did he go to Yale? Well, he was an undergraduate as a Skull and Bones member. My question is, I don't know. You know, it's a very secretive club. They used to post their membership, but they quit doing that because they got so much bad publicity from it. And so we have to ask ourselves a question all the time. Who are the actors on the stage? What are they doing? What's their real meaning? Because at this point, you know, quite frankly, DeSantis seems a little bit too perfect. I mean, he, he really does. I mean, he just seems like he's that guy, and he's basically against vaccine mandates. In fact, Breitbart just issued a new thing that said DeSantis on vaccine mandates. What Biden's doing is unconstitutional. He does not have the authority to do this, uh, you know. But then, you know, why in the world is, you know, DeSantis pushing the vaccines? Period. I mean, why does he stay neutral on this? Why didn't you say, you know, I'm not going to talk about this. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't, don't. But we're not going to force anybody to do it. Instead of getting on TV and getting himself vaccinated, supposedly, in front of a camera. So this never ever ends with this circus clown show out of D.C. Now, quite frankly, at this point, I really like Ron DeSantis. I'm just going to tell you that. I just don't know who he really is because I don't know how in the world when Gillum supposedly won the election in Florida, Gillum suddenly, you know, he basically succeeded. He said, I'm not going to I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to fight it, you know, because, you know, Gillum was the, the, the black guy who was a gay guy who got caught in a meth induced homosexual orgy unconscious down in southeast Florida, down in the Miami area right after the election last year. So, I mean, so here's the thing. Who is DeSantis? I don't know. I really don't know, but at this point in time, are we doing what we did with Donald Trump again? Are they giving us an elected official that's going to be so good, so wonderful, like DeSantis seems to be, that we're not going to have to be concerned about the next presidency because they're going to put DeSantis in? Or is he just a real person who's trying to stop this? He's not a member of Skull and Bones. He's not really involved in any of these secret societies. But then why in the world does he keep getting all these Zionist awards? He got another one last week. So the question is this. Who is Ron DeSantis? You pull up is Ron DeSantis a member of Skull and Bones? You get all kinds of stories with all kinds of obfuscation in them. They're not denying that he's not a member of Skull and Bones. They're just not saying that he is. But then who knows? So this is a problem that we have right now in American politics. We don't know who these people are. You know, we all, you know, I, I will admit this. I, Austin and I both are huge supporters of Donald Trump. 
primarily because we did not want the wicked witch of Benghazi to get into the White House. You know, that would be Hillary Clinton, that sicko perverted witch that she is, a real witch, according to Larry Nichols, had her own witch's coven in California, used to fly there when she was in the governor's mansion in Arkansas every six weeks to basically attend her rituals with her witches. I'm not joking, can't make it up. So we did everything we possibly could, especially after WikiLeaks released the whole soul cooking episode and Hillary Clinton sacrificing chickens to bail. I mean, you can't even make it up. This is like some kind of really lousy C-rated movie that's come out that nobody's going to believe the plot to because it's so stupid. That's where we find ourselves in the United States. So I hope Ron DeSantis is real. I hope he runs for president. I certainly hope we don't have to have four more years of Joe Biden or four more years of Donald Trump. Now you say, well, we like Trump. He's better. No, he's not better than Biden. These two are the same shoes on different feet. It's, it's just that's all they are. They're the same group. They're controlled by the same group of people that run the planet. This morning, I spoke to a friend of mine and I sent him some information on what was going on with the hermaphroditic agenda with Einstein and the snake in the tree and all the other stuff that we talk about on a regular basis, which we seem to be the only show that talks about that. And, you know, and I realized that, you know, when you understand that they believe that God's an hermaphrodite, that he's both male and female, like Kenneth Copeland wants to say, which I don't trust Kenneth Copeland at all after he said that, didn't trust him much before that, don't believe he's who he says he is, just thought I'd mention that too. You get to the Billionaire's Boys Club, which he so likes to brag that he's a billionaire, you know, there's a lot of people giving you a lot of nods from a lot of different directions to get to that level. Just thought I'd mention that. But the point is this. You know, on Friday, I talked to some friends up here, and Saturday, I talked to some friends up here, and we started discussing what was going on with the Semaphroditic agenda. And they never put the pieces of the puzzle together. And I finally said, they finally said, well, you know, we listen to your show on a regular basis, but there's some things that we get, you know, tired of hearing as far as the redundancy. And I said, look, if you don't get the point that they believe that their God is an hermaphrodite, that he's a snake, if you don't get that, as sick as that sounds, then nothing else makes any sense that they're involved in. At that point, you just sit back and you go, well, you know, is this for real? Is this not for real? But the problem is it's for real. It's what they believe. And unless you understand that they control the media, they control Hollywood. I mean, and this thing with Alec Baldwin, you know, shooting this director on the set. I mean, this is like, you know, wrongful death suit coming up or some type of charge from the state attorney's office out there in California. I mean – you know how long, guys, let me ask you a question. Do you know how long it takes to check to see if the rounds in a gun are live or not, or if they're real rounds or not, or if they're blanks? It, it literally takes less than a minute on a revolver. Even less than that if you're using a, you know, you know, an automatic pistol, semi-automatic. I mean, all you do is open the chamber, pop the bullets out, put them back in. It just, it just takes a few seconds. And the problem is, is what the, what, what in the world was he thinking in the beginning? How in the world did he shoot the director? I mean, nobody's really coming out and talking about, was he doing a scene when this happened? Was he actually just playing with a gun and just aimed at a director and shot a couple, quote, he thought were yep. blanks at her and killed her? Nobody's yep. talking about that. And so this is a major, major mess. So, again, this is what happens when you give a liberal a gun. This is what's so funny to me. The liberals say, we're going to defend ourselves against the right-wing constitutionalist Christians. Wait a minute. Aren't the right-wing constitutionalist Christians the ones that go out and get trained with guns on a regular basis? Don't we check to make sure that we don't have a loaded round in our gun when we clean it? Aren't we the ones that get trained and trained and trained and trained through thousands of rounds to make sure we know how to handle a weapon? Yeah, that would be us. And so these guys like to shoot each other, apparently. They're going to basically stand their ground against the Christians who support Jesus. Are these guys Looney Tunes? You give a liberal a gun, this is what you're going to get. And this is what we always talk about. Also, and I talk about this so many times on the show. I'm going to say it again. If you own a firearm and you're going to have somebody support you in case we get invaded by China, 
Let me put me put it that way. Or they send troops in against the United States or we have World War Three. You make sure that you know who's standing behind you with a gun. This is really important to make sure they don't muzzle sweep you and make sure they don't shoot you in the back of the head by accident. We can't be a bunch of loons running around with weapons. When you carry deadly force with you, you've got to be unbelievably careful all of the time with that gun. You've got to make sure it's not loaded. You've got to make sure that, you know, you know, you, you don't muzzle sweep. You've got to make sure you take continual training with it. Very important. And if you don't have the ammo to do that, use dry firing exercises. Check your gun to make sure it's not loaded and dry fire at targets. Get used to the handling of the gun. Get used to the way the gun feels in your hand. Get used to the way a gun feels when it's empty and it has no bullets in it or when it's full and has a full magazine or the, or the cylinders are loaded. Feel the difference in the weight. That way you don't pick up an empty gun thinking it's loaded. You'll know the difference if you get into an emergency situation. But, guys, be careful with weapons and always think about who controls Hollywood who controls the media, who controls the information you're being sent, who controls the United States. Oh, that would be Mossad through Jeffrey Epstein through blackmailing of thousands of different people in the federal government with sexual sin and sexual deviancy and homosexuality and drugs, and the list goes on and on and on. Think about who runs it all. And it'll make more sense. Austin, what do you think, buddy? And what's your next story? Well, that's well said. And yeah, you know, I, I hadn't brought up a lot of the stuff with Baldwin because a lot of it is, you know, just kind of distraction again. But you made a very valid point. I want to address this to a lot of people so they kind of understand this whole situation. I'm not sure what exactly weapon he was using because they have not disclosed uh, any aspect of that. But here's the problem that I had with this. The entire story makes no sense. They kept saying the term, well, he used a prop gun, and he shot and killed one individual, and he shot and wounded another individual. And he had a prop gun, and he shot somebody with a prop gun. Okay, here we go. So their prop guns fire blanks. Handguns, rifles, machine guns, they're specifically designed as prop guns. They cannot fire a live cartridge. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Every single semi-automatic weapon, rifle weapon, if they fire blanks and they are to cycle properly, meaning the chamber will actually go back, the bolt will go back, and it will cycle and insert the next round, just like a normal semi-automatic weapon, but you know it looks like it's in a movie, they're firing blanks. You have to have what's called basically a barrel block on them. You see them use this in the military. They're usually big red or orange blocks that go on the end of the barrel that only let a small amount of gas out. When a blank bullet is fired, it does not have the projectile, nor does it have the powder charge to cycle the bolt properly on a rifle or a pistol in a semi-automatic weapon. So you have to basically put a barrel block on it. This allows the weapon to cycle properly. It cannot do so without the barrel block on it. You can fire blanks all day long. It's going to fire one round. You're going to have to rack this slide again, manually rack it, and fire one and then manually rack it. Prop guns have this built into the barrel, so it makes it physically impossible for a round to actually exit the barrel if there was some way a live cartridge was inserted. And also, too, the built-in barrel block doesn't make the gun look fake. If you see it again, like I said, in the Army, the Corps, they have 
machine guns. They have their standard deployed M4, M16, 240 Bravo, whatever weapon they're using, and they're training with it, and they do live blank fire simulations, force on force, where they do training drills. You see every single one of them will have a barrel block built on the end. The prop guns would obviously look silly with a barrel block on the end of the barrel. So they have it built into the barrel so it looks like it's a true weapon that's firing live ammunition. And it'll let a small amount of powder out of the end of the barrel, giving the muzzle flash. Okay, so here's the problem I have with this. How did he have a prop gun that somehow got loaded with live ammunition with the exact cartridge and round that was supposed to be used in that gun, and how did he fire it through a prop gun and not only kill one person, shoot another person? doesn't make sense to me. The only way it makes sense is if they had live weapons on the scene (laughs) with live ammunition on the scene and somebody intentionally loaded one of the live weapons with live ammunition and handed it to him. Was this a setup to try to make it look like we need to ban more guns? Was this a setup to get him involved in a murder? Was somebody intentionally trying to shoot at somebody? I don't know. I wasn't there. But I can tell you one thing. The narrative that they're telling everybody is a complete and total lie, in my opinion. Nothing they're telling us is factual about what's happening, including the prop gun accidentally killed somebody and shot another person. Makes no sense. Has no basis in reality. There is something else going on behind the scenes that they either have an agenda or a nefarious reason or – Maybe that director or whoever got shot, maybe they didn't want them talking about something. Maybe they started exposing something. Maybe they had something that showed up on the set that they didn't want anybody knowing about. Any way you look at it, the story is complete and total farce when it comes to the actual narrative they're telling everybody. Blank guns don't fire live ammunition. Blank guns don't cycle live ammunition because they're designed not to do that. I have used blank guns. I have trained with blank guns. I have also trained with barrel blocks on live rounds or with live weapons before with blank ammunition. So this isn't coming from a point of speculation. I have used numerous weapons in this aspect, and I can tell you right now nothing about the story they're telling us is factual just putting that out there other than somebody sounds like somebody really did die because now one of the attorneys is saying he basically needs to lawyer up and they're looking at filing like murder charges on him whatever happens that don't know don't care for him he's a hard hardcore left liberal that's talked about how everybody needs to basically have their guns taken from them and so Take that for what it is. Also, to speaking of live ammunition and weapons, another video surfaced now from the border. Now, now that we have the biggest border crisis in U.S. history, and we're firing, we're firing border patrol agents because they don't want to get injected. Another video has surfaced from a National Guard troop that showed tracer rounds coming across the border over their Overwatch area. And what's interesting about this from a machine gun from the Mexican side, they said it may have been cartel or somebody, but they basically put a couple volleys of rounds out towards them. They were tracer rounds. They reported that it was more than likely it sounded like a 240 Bravo, which is 7.62, it's 308 uh, machine gun. Ironically enough, manufactured by FN and standard issue to the United States military. And it's interesting enough that those are some of the weapons that have been transferred to the Mexican drug cartel. Hmm, surprise, surprise. Those are also some of the same weapons that we transferred to the Taliban in Afghanistan that we left over there. I think some would have put 60,000 machine guns we left for them, just to throw that out there. So we now have cartels firing belt-fed machine gun tracer rounds across the border at National Guard members. 
and we're deciding that the best option, the best option to do right now is to fire Border Patrol agents because they don't want to get injected with experimental RNA shots. Guys, the clown show continues every day. Wake up and see what's happening with it. Also, too, in other news, speaking of this, the medical form now, this is over in the U.K., the medical form now, they are now requesting just got longer in order to get approved for a gun license in the UK, if most people know from the UK, they have pretty much the strictest gun laws in the entire world. You pretty much can't own any significant firepower over there. You can own like a single barrel shotgun, you know, over and under, like skeet shooting. Uh, pretty much all handguns are banned. Uh, you know, you can own a muzzle loader, back to like muskets. I mean, this is 2021, but yeah, that's what they have over there. And so you have to get a license in order just to own an over and under shotgun. Well, originally, the current application, it's a license, and it has to go through all of your entire, entire medical information, and a registered doctor has to cover your past and current medical health information, neurological conditions, substance abuse, list goes on. It was 15 pages for the original application that's been used for years in the U.K. just to get a gun license to see if you can have permission to own an over-and-under shotgun. They have now bumped it up to 21 pages to fill out, and you have to get basically listed. This is interesting now. has to be listed from a physician if the patient was diagnosed or treated for any type of medical condition in his entire life. They're saying now as doctors, we support the government's overall message. Gun ownership is a privilege, not a right, Dr. Mark Sanford Woods said. Deputy Chair of British Medical Association. And what's crazy about this is now <laughs> the magazine capacity is restricted to no more than two rounds. That's that's what you can have. So you have to fill out a 21-page medical application, get it signed off by a doctor with your entire medical history from birth in order to get permission to own a rifle that fires two rounds in total. That is what tyranny is called. This is what they want to do to the entire world. This is why they're bringing discussions up again of bringing back the United Nations gun treaty. This is why they want to go in. You can look at the United Nations and exactly their blueprint. They talk about it on their website. They want to ban all civilian ownership of firearms, period. They talk about it in detail. All civilian ownership has to be banned. That's their overall goal for world peace or whatever they want to pretend they call it. This is why I have intentionally told everybody, do not under any circumstances ever give up your firearm rights or disarm, period. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. There is no maybe. There is no well this or that. It's period. Because once you allow yourselves to be disarmed, you end up at the whims of the people that own you, as you see now in the UK. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting enough. As more and more and more incidences are starting to occur now, as far as with people realizing that this injection is not what they're being told, it is a FBI agent, 45-year-old FBI agent, is now dead less than 24 hours after his Pfizer injection. This guy's 45-year-old, good shape, FBI agent, Jeffrey Young, basically got the injection within hours, had several symptoms including headache and nausea. His wife checked on him in bed many times because he kept moving and fidgeting. He seemed fine. Next time she saw him several hours later, he was blue and his arms stretched out, hanging off the bed, was not breathing, and they pronounced him dead on the scene when EMT arrived. 
guys, how many stories have to keep popping up like this? Just be honest with you. How, how many stories have to keep popping up like this for people to start realizing this may not be the best option? I talked in detail yesterday about how the Amish got themselves herd immunity by intentionally infecting themselves. Now, I'm not going around telling everybody they need to go intentionally get infected with COVID. I'm not implying that. But what I am saying is the Amish community is also the community that, by the way, if you guys know this, they do not vaccinate at all, period, full religious exemption all across the board, They no, nothing. No measles, no mumps, no rubella, no chicken pox, no smallpox, none of these stupid vaccines that they come out with every single year to infect everybody with. And imagine that. They're one of the healthiest populace. And you know another thing that the Amish have pretty much zero cases of? Zero cases of? Autism. Oh, yeah. You want to go there? Go there. Start doing some research on the Amish community and find out why are they so healthy? Why do they have no significant health issues? Why do they not have autism? Why is their cancer rate next to nothing? Hmm. As he said yesterday in the article, the three things government they do not trust in the Amish community, the government, the school system, and the medical industrial complex. Sounds like they might be on to something. Maybe they're just doing something right, sort of right. I mean, granted, it'd be nice to drive a vehicle. I know when we stayed up in Montana with a huge group of Amish up there, they built log cabins. We were up there for about two months. We stayed with them a bunch. They actually did have a truck. They had one like community truck they used, and they were some of the nicest, respectful, healthiest people in most cases that I had seen. And it was ironic; they were completely self-sufficient. I mean, they're, they're totally self-sufficient. They didn't really need anything at all in their community, which is another reason why. They probably stay so strong and healthy because they don't have to rely on the medical industrial complex to go and get them into the loop of drugs and treatments and you know chemotherapy and all the other things that the medical industrial complex likes to do in order to continue making money. So again, understand what they're telling you and realize the majority of what you're hearing is a complete and total lie on the mainstream media. And I know I've ran this as like a dead horse today, but I'm saying that intentionally. This is why I brought up the television yesterday. The mainstream media is by far the most dangerous propaganda tool we've ever seen in current modern history right now. They're using it as a very specific weapon to separate and divide and conquer the populace as fast as physically possible. And this is why it's so important that we continue to get the truth out there, spread the message, spread the truth, forge shows like this, and make sure people are waking up to what's really happening, Deb. What do you think? Uh, I think, Austin, that you know, if, if we don't tell the people the truth, the truth is not going to be heard. And, you know, and I, again, I don't understand why you and I always are bringing this stuff up and nobody else wants to talk about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. We don't have advertisers. <laughs> I, just, I, just I mean, I remember Doug Hagman told me years ago, he had this bunch of advertisers, and he said that they had told him that he couldn't talk about certain topics and or else they were going to drop the advertising. And they basically dropped the advertising because Doug refused to capitulate and to knuckle down to these people. So I love Doug Hagman. That's why, you know, we do a show every week. Either me or Austin are on a show every week, usually every Friday. And see, this is the thing is that when you don't have the, you have to, when you don't have to generate the advertising revenue to try to pay for the show because you guys are supporting us through Health Masters, it makes us easy to do this. It really does. Now, quite frankly, between me, guy, between me and you and the fence post, it would make any difference. I would never c- compromise my show. I wouldn't do it. Neither would Austin. 
if we didn't get the support from you guys, I would just stop doing the show. I would not be told what I could and couldn't talk about on a pod- on a podcast. I wouldn't do it. I'd just say, you know, forget it. I'm going to do the show. I'm done. I'm out. Finished. I'm going to go retire. Go find some place just to chill out and be done with all of this stuff and just brace myself for the next impact. <laughs> Whatever they're going to send us. And I would just, I'd be out. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting Health Masters. When you guys get, your, get a tube of toothpaste or a multiple vitamin from us, anything, if all of you guys did that in the aggregate, it would completely fund the show. And I really appreciate you doing that. And I want to thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Uh, Jim Caviezel's back in the news again. I, I really like Jim Caviezel. I really do. I mean, he was on Drudge again today, and apparently he's making all kinds of, uh, how should I say, irrelevant, irreverent <laughs> comments. This time he actually emulated a Braveheart speech to a cheering crowd. And I, I, and I love this. I'm going to read you this because, remember, Jim Caviezel was told by Mel Gibson, no less, that if he portrayed Jesus you know, in the passion of the Christ, that they were going to destroy his career. And they were going to destroy Mel Gibson. I told you of a top girl that I met who was one of the top film distributors, met her in the uh, hotel in Frankfurt at the Westin, in the club lounge there where they have food and stuff they serve. And she told me that they said that they would destroy Mel Gibson, and they did. And they also, she said that they would destroy Jim Caviezel. So Jim Caviezel's had a few minor parts in a few movies that he's done, and he's a phenomenal actor. If you've never seen him in The Count of Monte Cristo, watch that. He's, he was amazing in that movie, absolutely amazing. And he's a really hardcore, believing follower of Christ. I trust Jim Caviezel. I like Jim Caviezel. I would vote for Jim Caviezel if he ran for senator or congressman in the state of Florida. I would probably vote for Jim Caviezel if he ran for president of the United States. That's how much I like the guy because I know he's for real. He's legitimate. But he did this meeting, and it says – the Passion of the Christ Star, they, they got to put that in there because they want to make sure they let everybody know. This is a Newsweek, super liberal rag, magazine rag who hate Jesus. Jim Caviezel evoked Mel Gibson's famous battle cry from the movie Braveheart during a speech at a convention in Las Vegas. Caviezel, who's 53 years old, made reference to the 1995 film, which, by the way, is an excellent film, at a speech for God and Country, and Patriot Double Down Convention, which was laden with different talking points. The actor repeated word for word the famous battle cry William Wallace gave to Scottish soldiers ahead of their do-or-die battle for the English. Now, I'm going, to re- I'm going to tell you part of that. I actually paraphrased that and rewrote it a few weeks ago, and I did it on one of our shows. And what it basically says is that you know you have a chance right now to run and not fight, and you have a chance that you will live long and you will die an old person on your bed, regretting from this day forward that you did not stand and fight and stand for freedom. Basically, that's what he said. He says, you're going to wish that you come back in time and anything that you would give anything to come back and fight here today. Well, that's kind of where we find ourselves, isn't it? We have to stand against this unbelievable filth that's coming towards us. Do what Job did if you've got a problem with looking stuff on, on the Internet that you shouldn't look at or saying things you shouldn't do or whatever. Make a covenant with your eyes. Do that. Say, Father, I make a covenant with my eyes. I, I'm, eyes I'm tell you what. If you, and, and here's why I say that. When your eyes see a provocatively dressed woman or a picture, now listen to me, man. This is for you primarily and for some ladies too. You trigger, you trigger part of your brain that's called the nucleus of Cubans. And that's like if, that's kind of like if you see, if you haven't eaten for 30 days and you walk into a buffet hall full of food and your eyes see the food and all of a sudden it triggers this desire to consume the food. That's the same desire consuming the image that you have in your brain when you see a provocatively dressed woman in public or in a magazine or on the internet so make a covenant with your eyes that you're not going to look at that stuff 
You say, well, that's easier to say. You're 65 years old. It's easy. No, listen to me, guys. Listen to me. Every single guy who's a real alpha male who, who basically think women are pretty, okay, they have to deal with the fact that you've got to make a covenant with your eyes. You've just got to stay away from that stuff. And if you do it, it's going to be a whole lot easier for you. Because remember, if you go online, they're going to put trigger points in there all over for you. You know, NFL college cheerleaders. Okay, well, what is that? Don't click on it. You know, <laughs> just don't click on it. Don't go there. Just leave it alone. Most beautiful, you know, NFL wives. Just don't go there. Stay away from all of that stuff because they know they get the clickbait going and they have all the ads that pop up around it. That's how they generate revenue. It's about pushing the perversion, the perversion, the perversion to the cabalists that run the Hollywood occult pornography industry. I'm letting you guys know that in advance. It all goes back to the same people. It's always the same group. The same people who took down Building 7 are the same people that pushed the pornography, who are the same people that pushed the cabalist perversion crap on TV, are the same people that told Katy Perry to sell her soul to the devil, which she said that she did. On YouTube, you can watch it. Watch just Google. Katy Perry said she sells her soul to the devil and basically watch it on YouTube in her own words. That's the same group that runs the planet. And once you get it, you get it. They're the ones that came after Jim Caviezel for talking about Jesus because they hate Christ because he changed the entire timeline when he was put here by God Almighty. Here's what Caviezel says. We must fight for that authentic freedom and live, my friends. By God, we must live and with the Holy Spirit as your shield and Christ as your sword. May you join St. Michael and all the other angels in defending God and sending Lucifer and his henchmen straight back to hell where they belong. That was Jim Caviezel's quote. Now you know why I like him so much. It underpinned his speech that mentioned child sex trafficking at the issue of the core, as well as the fight against Satan and liberal values. The clip of the speech went viral, and this has been viewed more than 108,000 times as of this morning. Caviezel ended his 20-minute speech by using a term that features predominantly alternative news lore. We are headed into the storm of storms. Yes, the storm is upon us, he said, before being interrupted by rapturous applause from the audience. These believers who were listening to him believe that Donald Trump would have ordered a mass arrest of the members of the elite cabal in a day called the storm. Now, I disagree with this. They're putting this into this article I don't believe the people who were there would believe that. This is, again, to discredit Donald Trump, to create a caricature of Donald Trump, and to make Donald Trump something that he's not. Donald Trump would never arrest a Kabbalist. He would never do that. He wouldn't because he, his daughter is a Kabbalist. Donald Trump's probably a 33-degree Mason. I believe that he is. And he's a hardcore, how should I say, Zionist who received the Tree of Life Award who's pushing the Kabbalist hermaphroditic agenda. When have you heard Donald Trump talk about his relationship with Jesus Christ and how he became born again? Hmm? I'm just if, you, if you'll send me that about how Donald Trump became a Christian and he gave his heart and his life to Jesus Christ, I will play it on this show. I will. Just send it to me. They believe – they now this is the article again. They're saying that these alternative media people believe that a satanic ca- cannibalistic cabal, which would be cabalist, I would put in there, are made of celebrities, which is true – and Democratic politicians and government officials, and also, I will say this, Republican politicians and Republican government officials are involved in global child sex trafficking. Yeah, I do believe that, actually. Others attending the convention have pushed the elements of different conspiracy theories, including organizer John Sabal and Ron Watkins, the person accused of at one time being a kind of conspiracy. 
Caviezel previously published in a conspiracy that a chemical compound, adrenochrome, was being harvested from trafficking children. I believe that, too. In April, Caviezel told conspiracy theorists at a conference in Oklahoma about the untrue conspiracy while speaking with his upcoming movie, Sound of Freedom. Now, you know, here's the thing. <laughs> you know, we've got these people out there that are putting this stuff out by Newsweek or trying to discredit Caviezel. But then let's go back to the final couple sentences of this. This is really important. Listen to this. Who's running the media? Listen to what it says. The Anti-Defamation League <laughs> has said several aspects of this lore mirror long-standing anti-Semitic tropes. Okay, so now the ADL has been brought back into the Newsweek story. We're going to make this anti-Semitic now, which is ludicrous. It's unbelievable. On his on his website, the ADL said – the belief that a global cabal <laughs> is involved in ritual child sacrifice has its roots in the anti-Semitic trope of blood libel, the theory that Jews murdered Christian children for ritualistic purposes. Uh, Newsweek basically had contacted Cavill's representative for comment and, and basically have not received a comment back yet. I mean, why in the world would he go back and talk to these guys? Let me tell you why I just said that. Years ago, I remember I had a a big station. I think it was out of Indiana somewhere. I can't remember. Maybe St. Louis. I don't remember. It's been back in the 90s. And they wanted me to go to the local Fox affiliate in Tampa and do some filming for them. And I told them that I did. I, did. I went over there and did it. And the problem is they couldn't get the audio hooked up. So they sent an entire camera crew to my house. They did the whole camera crew to my house. And they had given me their word that they were going to tape this taping that I was going to do. And they were going to use it in its entirety. And that they were not going to edit anything. And they were not going to edit out me giving out an 800 number. Because back then we didn't have the Internet. And they told me all of these things. Okay. And so I did this show with them. Did a good job. But it ran for like an hour, which they only wanted like a 30-minute segment. So I thought... Wow, I guess they're going to play the whole hour because they're not going to edit it. Well, they edited it, took the 800 number out, edited it down to about a three-minute sound bite, made me sound like I was like you know not really knowing what I was talking about, which was ludicrous because I was an expert and an expert in the fields I was talking about. And I thought to myself, this is ludicrous. So that's the same thing that they would have done to Jim Caviezel. They take you out of context. They ask certain questions. You answer the questions, and then they put in the article. They ask you a different question. You answer it this way, so it makes you sound like you don't know what you're talking about or makes you sound like you're, something's wrong with you. They always do this. In fact, Ross Perot, when he was running for president back in the 90s, he said, I will no longer do taped interviews because of this very reason, because they edit you and they change what you say to make you sound loony. Anybody can take anything out of context and make it sound crazy. You know, the Bible says Judas went and hung himself. It says in another verse, go and do likewise. <laughs> it doesn't tell you to go hang yourself like Judas did. You take two verses out of context and say, oh, here's what it means. No, it doesn't. And see, this is the problem that we have in the mainstream media. And sometimes, sometimes in the alt media also. You get all these people out there. I mean, I remember years ago, I was doing this one show with this one guy. He was arguing with me. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know how liberal this guy was. And he was arguing with me about... You know, having to have people checked for diseases before they came across the border. And he tried to turn it into an immigration issue. And I said, look, it's not an immigration issue to me, bud. I said, it's a health issue. You start bringing a bunch of people who have smallpox or other types of diseases who have been quarantined properly across the immigration lines, across the borders, they can bring all kinds of diseases into the United States. And I, I looked at him. I said, look, they had immigration quarantines all the time at Ellis Island if anybody had any symptoms. They checked people. They're not checking anybody. It turned into a big brouhaha. It really did, a big argument. I mean, you know, and, I, and I was so angry that my publicist had basically put me on this show with this guy who had been known to do this. 
And, of course, he told me he wouldn't do that to me before I went on the air. That's why I'm very, very careful to do talk shows and be a guest on other people's shows unless I know who they are because I hate cheap shots. And a lot of these guys, all they want to do is take cheap shots. So, Jim Caviezel, I commend you for what you said. I commend you for standing up for Jesus Christ. I commend you for taking a stand. I commend you for all of these things, by the way, because if you were not here and people like you were not here in the mainstream media who've been huge stars in Hollywood and still have a footprint, we simply could not make as big an inroad into that community as we can with you. So thank you. By the way, another study just came out from Science Daily, and it said that over 80 percent of COVID-19 patients have a vitamin D deficiency. We've reported on this over and over and over again. It says that vitamin D is a hormone because, you know, vitamin D is a hormone. It's not just a vitamin. The kidneys produce that controls blood calcium concentration and impacts the immune system. Vitamin D deficiency has been linked to a variety of health concern, although research is still underway and to a hormone impacts in other parts of the body. Guys, it's so important to keep your D levels up to around 60 to 80 as they continue to release additional pandemics and continual variants. I mean, this is some sick stuff that these guys are involved in as far as what they're doing to the population for eugenics. Guys, don't be a statistic. Don't be like my buddy Jimmy who died just a few weeks ago and I spoke at his funeral who refused to take supplements. Don't be that guy. I love Jimmy. He's a good friend, still will always be. And if he's in heaven right now listening to me, I'm fussing at you, bud. I said, what the heck were you thinking? (laughs) I mean, bud, what were you thinking by not taking supplements and, you know, being 100 pounds overweight? Did you just not think it was going to affect you? How'd that work out for you on this planet? Guys, don't be that guy. Don't be that girl. Take care of yourself. Eat clean. Be healthy. Take your supplements. Austin, what do you think, buddy? And what's your next story? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, we have reported on this with the D3. We, we talked about the D3 at the beginning of last year when this whole shenanigans started. I mean, we talked about it in detail. Talked about all the different ways that you can keep your immune system strong, the research after research after research involving the D3. And it's interesting now, more and more comes out. The longer we research it, the more we find out how important it is. But yet, you haven't heard one single snippet about D3 or vitamin C on mainstream media. Imagine that. I wonder why. Like I said yesterday, because it doesn't make money. Also, too, in other news, in the UK now, reports are coming that are showing fully vaccinated are showing much higher rates of infection than unvaccinated in the UK, which is surprise, surprise. The article from Martin Zounster from the expose says the UK's health security agency published details of COVID statistics, which for the last seven weeks have been tabulated by age group and vaccination rate goes on to say here, this allows important questions to be answered. The agency says most vaccinated suffer substantially higher rates of infection and their latest chart provides a snapshot to that they said all of the uk's 30 and over vaccinated now endure the highest rate of infection than their unvaccinated counterparts in every single age group above 18 the uk has vaccinated its population in age order from oldest to youngest and has very recently began vaccinating under 18 now being the uk's most freshly vaccinated they're exhibiting a high degree of of resistance to COVID infection. That's simply because of their age. As we talked about in detail, young kids absolutely have no reason to be injected with this sludge period. Nobody does in general. But the very concept that you're taking young children that are not even at risk to this whatsoever, in most cases, 
and you're telling them they need to get injected with RNA gene therapy all the way now to Pfizer's coming out. And they're saying, hey, by the way, it's safe to five years old now. Moderna coming out, safe to five years old. Five years old? Well, yeah, they specifically picked that because what they're going to do is they're going to use the public school education system as a tool to force these children to get injected with this experiment. And that's what it is. I've clearly said this is one giant experiment. They know a lot of what the outcome is going to be, but it's still in general is a giant experiment. This is, there's, there's no long-term clinical trials. There is no phase three trials. It's ironic because even when you look at any, any history of vaccines in the past, actually real vaccines, not this. This is not a vaccine. This is gene therapy. Any aspect of it. They take anywhere from five to ten years. I think the shortest one was four years to get approved. Four years. This one got approved in, what, three months. Come on, guys. And now we're seeing very clearly what's going on in the U.K., what's going on in Israel, what's going on in Europe, what's going on in Australia, what's going on in the United States. And so, again, it's important that you get the truth out there and you continue to speak up, especially for the individuals that may not know the truth or that can't speak for themselves like the young children. Like we did at the, you know, the school board meeting about the mask. The fact that schools in the United States are still doing this to children is unconscionable to me. I, I, I can't even fathom it. And what makes me even matter is you see these teachers and these, these, these principals in photos with these kids. Oh, we're fully vaccinated. We don't have to wear a mask. And they're standing there with no mask on, and they're making these little five- and six-year-old kids wear masks. Like I said on the Free Thinkers podcast, there are very specific guidelines for using personal protection equipment, including masks, in the healthcare industry. OSHA has very specific guidelines for using masks in any industry. There are no guidelines for young children to wear masks because there are no reasons for children to wear masks. They are not trained as medical professionals to wear masks. They do not scrub down. They do not put on gloves. They do not put on a face mask, and then they cannot touch anything. These are very basic guidelines that are required when you're using personal protection equipment. The fact that you have children dropping these things, picking them up, getting them dirty, getting food in them, wearing them in the bathroom and dropping them on the floor. I've heard all kinds of nasty stories. And then we wonder why all these kids now are constantly getting sick and they're constantly spreading it to all these other kids all the time. They're constantly getting coughs and sore throats on a regular basis, and they're not getting COVID. They're not getting any type of you know any virus like that. It's just these kids are constantly being exposed to this and then they're wearing these masks all day contracting bacterial pneumonia and all kinds of other bacteria problems like the research showed with the one mom that had all those used masks tested from the kids not a single virus was picked up on any of the masks meaning it didn't stop or pick up any virus but there were 13 different bacteria, including e coli and staph on the mask and that's what you're telling the kids to put on their face all day it's not about health it's not about protection. It's about compliance and training this younger generation to be good little kids. And, you know, like Dad said earlier, I don't know the backstory with DeSantis. All one thing I do know is he stood up for the young children in this state more than any other governor in the country. He has gone on record repeatedly stating no masks are worn in school with children. No masks are required. There will be no state law. And I really hope he's legitimate. I know one thing about it. He's been way more of a governor than than Trump ever was a president. I can tell you that right now. He actually has backed up what he said he's yep. going to do. 
And I have to, I have to commend him for that. So is there something going on behind the scenes with him? I don't know. Does he know how to play the game? I don't know. He seems to be doing a really good job, at least at maintaining the freedoms in Florida the best we can. I haven't been a very big fan of him talking about the vaccines. But on the other hand, too, if he doesn't bring up the vaccines, he's going to get absolutely eviscerated again in the media, which he may be using that as a tool. He may be pushing it. I don't know. But one thing I do know is he's been the only governor that I have seen that's actually stood up for the young children that did not have a voice and did not get the chance to speak for themselves and were forced to wear muzzles on their face like they were dogs in school. And it's absolutely atrocious to me that these other states and these other parents and these other school boards are still going along with this giant mass sham. It is unconscionable, and it is time America stands up for our little children, Ed. You're right, Austin. If we don't stand up for the kids, who's going to defend them? You know, this morning I had to come by, and I'm up in North Carolina right now, and I had to use an internet at a local church. His pastor's a good friend of mine, and there were all these little kids, you know, in the lobby when I walked through, and they're all staring at me, little, you know, three, four, five, six year olds, and they're all just staring at me like, "Who are you? Who are you?" And I thought, "Who's going to defend these little children? Who's going to take care of these little children?" These little children don't know anything. They're little blank slates. I had a relative contact me this morning and said that two of her nieces now ended up being women or now ended up being boys, and the other one ended up turning from a boy to a little girl. They're turning into weird transgenders, and that they don't want to have anything to do with them because they're a bunch of weirdos. And this is it, isn't it? This is what they're trying to do, destroy the little children, train them up in the way they should go. You know what they're doing? To destroy who they are before they get a chance to know who they are? Wow. By the way, the Fed protected man has now been identified as the mystery instigator of January the 6th. I mean, this is this is actually unbelievable. I mean, you know, Representative Thomas Massey questioned Attorney General Garland about whether or not there were federal agents present on 1-6 and whether they agitated the protesters to go into the Capitol. And Attorney General Garland refused to answer because it's true. This man's name is Ray Epps now. We now have a name for him. He's featured in Representative Massey's video and basically is a fact even more shocking than the good congressman applies to the hearing. It's a story so strange, so candless and of every turn that it threatens to shatter the entire official narrative of the Capitol breach and expose yet another dimension of the proactive federal involvement in the so-called insurrection on January the 6th. Basically, it goes on. There was an article called came out of Revolver News, and it says if Revolver News previous reporting points to a proactive role of the federal government in relation to the conspiracy cases against Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, the Ray Epps story that follows suggests a similar yet more egregious, explicit, direct, and immediate degree of federal involvement in the breach of the Capitol itself. I'm going I'm to post all of this stuff. I'm going to put it all on websites so you guys can read it. Guys, think about this. Like the other day, I warned you guys. I'd gone to a church down south, and the pastor made a lot of really good sense. But he's really pushing armed resistance. He's really pushing all of the stuff from the pulpit as far as telling people that they're going to basically get shot if they come to his house and all this other kind of stuff. How do we know that there aren't FBI people in there taking notes? How do we know there aren't FBI people attending those services? And how do we know that they're not using a Stingray device to basically record all of the tags that are in that parking lot? And how do we know that they're not going to push these people to do stuff so they can be arrested just like they did in January the 6th? I mean, I don't know. And I'm going to say this to you again. We say it on the show all the time. I don't want a civil war. I don't want to have to bear arms against anybody. I really don't. 
You know, now if we get attacked by China or Russia, which is very doubtful, maybe China, maybe, but that's going to be pushed to the cabals again, who produced World War One or World War Two for us and the Vietnam War and, and, and. If we have to defend our families and to maintain our freedom in our country because we have an invading force coming in, okay. But why would you ever want to bear arms against another American citizen? Why would you ever want to do any of this stuff? I don't want to. I'm not suggesting that anybody do this. And be very careful not to get involved in organizations and groups that want to do this. Because, guys, if we do that, if we go that route, there ain't no coming back. And there's no telling what's going to happen. You know, the South thought they could do it when the North was aggressive towards the South. And the South probably should have done it according to what the North was doing. But look what they did. They brought all those Hessian troops in for Lincoln. And they basically destroyed the South. Put it under basically, how should I say, as, as you know, as, as you know, in, you know, you know, con- you controlled encampments all throughout the South and made them sign they would never leave the Union again. I mean, these guys, when they decide to kill everybody, they start killing, well, everybody. So is that where this is going to end? I don't know. I hope not. But be very careful with the groups that you hang out with because chances are they're being watched. We advocate no violence on the Ted and Austin Brower show. We all advocate walking in love, but we also advocate calling it out for who they are because we're not going to be the pansies on the talk show telling you guys that this is okay. Don't worry about it. This is not okay. We've got to stand against it. And if we can do that by not wearing a mask, how many pastors are wearing masks in the pulpit? I mean, it's ridiculous. How many pastors are taking injections and telling their congregation to do so? That's not resistance, guys. That's compliance. That's tyranny. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank you again for the continued support. As I told you guys earlier, we got more of the food buckets back in stock. So if you guys need stock up on anything, give us a call. I'm sure a lot of you guys already have, and we had the orders shipped out yesterday. So you'll be getting tracking and caught up on everything. If you need anything, healthmasters.com, eyesight product of the week, vitamin C powder on sale, lots of different specials going on. Be sure to check them out, healthmasters.com. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs>